millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Book Club. Three women, one book, and a whole load of badass. This month, we're meeting Sini Glaster, author of Mr. Doubler Begins Again, and she came into the studio to chat with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton, all about the book. Sini, welcome to Badass Book Club. Thank you very much for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about Mr. Doubler Begins Again. So Mr. Doubler Begins Again is about uh, a gentleman who lives alone on a hill. He, is, um, he isn't the easiest of of gentlemen he is a bit of a pedant he's a bit difficult but i think it becomes uh, clear why he's he's a bit difficult he hasn't had the easiest of paths um he believes he's fine on his own he doesn't he, he doesn't have strong family connections he's very happy with his potatoes and his mm. potato experiments um but he does have a, an important connection in his housekeeper, Mrs. Millwood, who visits every day. And it's only when she stops coming that he realises how vital a relationship that was. What I loved about the book was reading it in that kind of between Christmas and the New Year period. It has um, it made me laugh out loud and it made me also shed a little tear. Good. That's, what you, <laughs> that's exactly the response Is that I what you were aiming for? Yeah. Um, I think so. I, I didn't really know where I would end up and I, I I think some people find it a bit sadder some people find it a bit happier um, and maybe that's the 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 piece that the reader brings to the book yeah. um, which I think is very very important I was told by um, the author Chris Cleave that he always likes to leave a, a stone in the shoe of the mm-hmm. reader and I think that's that's important you've got to be you know you, you ought to be slightly uncomfortable even a, in a, a generally uplifting book I have to ask, to start it off, Mr. Doubler is, I want to be clear about this, not a potato farmer, a potato grower. He is. He is a potato grower. Well done, Hina. I really appreciate (laughs) that distinction. Very important. (laughs) Thank you. Where did the idea for the book come from? What was the inspiration? There was a tiny, um, I, I keep my ears open all the time, trains, talking to people everywhere I go, and you just hear little sort of sound bites that jump into your mind. And, and somebody said to me, um, she was she was talking about a potato farmer she knew and, and said he was depressed. She also described him as the second biggest potato farmer in the area. And I immediately thought, well, of course he's depressed. He's only the <laughs> second biggest potato farmer. <laughs> and um, there have been other sort of stories of, of chance encounters that, that fed into that. But I really use the plot 
as a, a method of exploring some of the things that are important to me. Uh, this is my second novel, and in each one I, I try and address the things that are wearing around as the sort of bigger issues, but use hopefully quite an accessible and approachable form to... It, it's a bit of a platform for me to, to have a little think about the things that matter. And so on that, um, what my intuition says... Is there, there's a high percentage of, of use of the word good in this book. <laughs> uh, and a review that I read describes it as uplit. Yes. And so can you tell us more about the message that you're, you're trying to give to people or, or share? Um, uh, yeah, uplit's a really interesting term and seems to be the buzzword for up, uplifting literature. It's quite a new, a new term. And I think even though I hadn't heard the term before I wrote the book... I think it fits. Yeah. I mean, I think I think if I'd heard the term, I might have been felt it was a bit prescriptive and tried to tick the boxes, <laughs> um, particularly if it's going to be the the big new trend. Um, but I I didn't I didn't know it. I wrote a book that that um, that I wanted to write, um, but within that, I think yeah, I think there's um, I like considering the the sort of heroism of of the everyday Mm. not the big grand gestures but those little bits of kindness that are actually the things that impact us day in day out Mm. and when it happens to you you do notice it you do go wow that person was unnecessarily extraordinarily kind Um, I love absolutely love it when that happens and and some of those things that have happened to me over my life have been the things they've been small Mm. really really small but they've stayed in my mind for much much longer uh, than than the opposite, which is more authentic to how we all live, right? Actually, it's I think those so. small moments when someone opens a door for you or uh, smiles, says or... something kind when they don't have to. Exactly, takes a little bit of time to say something kind when they don't have to. I think that that you know, hopefully, you would do that as well yeah. in return, so you pass it on. But it's um, it can really make a difference, and yep. it comes through in the book. The other thing that comes through in the book is just how it's calming. It's a very calming read. And I don't know if the when you were writing it, was there also a, an element of writing something that is the opposite of everything we're experiencing in the world right now? I think so. I think um, in times of sort of seismic change, you you do need to withdraw a little bit and find it could be through television or film or 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 what you read or listen to. I think you do need to step. Mm back a little bit for the sake of your sanity Mm -hmm. actually what I noticed in the book is it seemed to be less about the kind of the scenario and the situations that Mm. people were in and much more about those relationships and actually the loneliness of Mr Dubler the dynamics with people's um, the character's children I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with yeah, I think um, I think one of the more uncomfortable themes I was thinking about, and I have to say, in case any of my children listen to this, <laughs> not about my own children. I'm quite interested when I meet, and it's rare, but when I meet an objectionable adult, I often think, "Does your mum love you?" <laughs> or where Did you get hugs? Do you, uh, have you got redeeming qualities that I don't see that your mother does, or did something happen? You know that that yeah. that has made you. I, I I think that is one of the most interesting things is what what got you to where you were. So, uh, Mr. Dubler has two children, and his son particularly is really really unpleasant, and Mr. Dubler finds it quite hard to um, to love him. 
and certainly to understand him. And I think um, I think that's a difficult thing as a parent if if your kids grow up to have values that aren't the same as your own. I think that's a, a tough thing, and I, I really enjoyed examining that. Um, but as I say, I, I did have to make some caveats towards my own children. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I particularly found about that was I read it, and it was quite uncomfortable for me to read because I think I possibly am not, hopefully not quite as objectionable as some of the char- children characters in the book. But I definitely have that relationship a bit with my parents where I'm slightly like, you've got to the age now where I just have to manage you. Mm. And I'm just going to manage you because you're doing all sorts of crazy things that I don't understand that are possibly putting you in harm's way. And so I'm just going to try and manage you. And and they constantly just react to this by basically rebelling. <laughs> and it really, reading the book really brought home to me actually the amount of effort that has to go into that parent-child relationship mm. when you're both adults for there to be a friendship there. Yeah. I thought that was... I think that transition of child to to carer yep. that, that happens if you know to for many of us um is a really really tricky road to navigate i think it's very hard to to do it well but i i do see it being done well all the time but i think a lot of it is about listening to your parents as they as as they get older and a lot of us don't have time to listen or we don't think we've got time to listen i think that's one of the hardest things is um stepping back slowing down listening and actually maybe giving credit to them for their lives and what they've done and what they've been through and when we're so preoccupied with our own lives and what we're trying to achieve and get done it it can it it can be a strain Mm -hmm. and you do try and manage it you do try and manage it for them obviously out of love um, but also to to an extent to yourself and I I've I've heard people talking to their parents really as as sort of an obstacle you know how they're going to get around them for this next chapter and I think um, I would like to think given all that our parents do to raise us I I, you know I'd like to think that there's another way to approach that conversation. What do you think um, was the motivation of Mr Dubler's carer the lady who came and had lunch with him every day what would have been her motivation to do that and maintain that and keep putting that effort in? I think she actually learned quite a lot from him. If you think about it, she she goes and they have these lunches where they talk sort of at each other. <laughs> and she's a bit dubious about some of his theories, his ways. Um, but she does take those facts back and she, she recycles them to her own friends as her knowledge. Mm. You know, she knows a lot about potatoes and, and, and their, <laughs> the, the uh, nutritional benefits. Um, so I think she's learning a lot from him. He's learning, obviously, a lot from her, although he's slower, perhaps, to recognise that. Um, and I think a daily conversation with somebody, even if that person's quite different from you and has quite different views, is really, really good for the soul. So they were definitely both getting something out of those um, those lunches. What I loved about um, the relationship between Dubler and his housekeeper, Mrs Smallwood, was this idea that actually both of them understood the other's legacy, even if Dubler only comes to it sort of yeah. right towards the end. Yeah. And legacy and what you leave behind and what also what your purpose is... Yeah feels like a really big driver in the book two very very big issues in my life two two things I think about a lot I think purpose um it comes back to those uh 
you know, it, it's good to live a life with purpose, isn't it? However, it doesn't have to be to change the world. It doesn't have to be too grand. But I think to, to get out of bed in the morning and have yeah. some purpose is, is the thing that changes a life to a meaningful life for you mm-hmm. and can actually help you dictate the way you you know you live and how the, how you impact people around you um, and being clear about your purpose helps you achieve your goals quite often as well mm-hmm. and I think that theme will come through clearly I hope and I think it it probably comes through in pretty much everything I do because it's important to me legacy I'm less clear about and I think I'm asking questions I'm not sure if, if uh, how many of them are answered uh, but one of the, the the ones I was talking about in there was can your children be your legacy? Is that enough? And I think it's obviously going to be different for different people. But I think having children shouldn't be the time you stop living and, yeah. and start hoping they're going to live. You're going to live vicariously through them. Um, hopefully you carry on living with your own purpose and hopefully you suggest to them that they follow theirs. I definitely want to come back to this idea of purpose, but something else that comes through in the book it's really small messages that mean a lot so i've opened a page and it says good health that has no price money may improve your odds i suppose but you can't buy a life free from illness that in itself i mean could be a statement for (laughs) everyone to live by and they're peppered throughout the book are are they things that you've always lived by personally and how do you in terms of um character development i'm probably going slightly too too far here but you know paulo coelho where there there are messages about things people need to go off and and, and search do you pepper them through the book you are going to find quite a lot of me in the book through my my characters obviously because they're they're thing they're things that i i believe in and i live by and i sort of want to infiltrate your mind just gently (laughs) hopefully not in a preachy (laughs) hopefully not in a preachy way hopefully in a well this is my way of looking at it or in this case doubler's way of looking at it or mrs millwood's way of looking at it one one thing i can annoy my family saying and i say a lot i think you'll find i covered that in mr (laughs) 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 which they absolutely hate (laughs) absolutely love um but it's it's all there all the stuff that that is important to me is is there in the book and back to the idea of purpose thinking about your your career both in publishing but also with we fifo which is about bringing people together over food you give people gifts uh throughout your career it's just gifts whether it's a book or an opportunity to come together uh, what's the next gift you're going to give to people? I'm really focused on the current one. <laughs> um, I love, I love the fact that you've expressed it in that way. I think that's a, a very generous way to to express it. I think if you're running a business, which I have always done since the age of seventeen, um, I think if you are running a business that has purpose, mm. you're going to do a better job. I, I, in fact, I think you'll find I covered it in Mr. Doubler. I think <laughs> I talked about whether making money was enough. Yeah. And for me, it definitely isn't. I, I don't think money, you know, it might be a sign of you being successful, one way of measuring success. But I don't think you can take people with you by you making money or your business making money. I think if you want to take people with you, there has to be. Uh, a greater, grander purpose. There has to be. Um, for for We Fo, it is around bringing people around food. It, it is a food platform, but it's it's there to help people develop their own skills, build their own businesses around food. But the other half of the business is around 
the people, the mm. conversations you have around the table. And we have a, a bit of a crisis in this country. We have um, a sort of epidemic of loneliness, it's been described as. And I think loneliness is a really interesting subject. And I think it's one that's going to become more and more mm. relevant to all of us. You know, it's, it's always been there, but we tend to think of it as something that impacts older people. Mm. But now the... 16 to 24 year olds are lonelier feeling lonelier than the over 55s so they have a real crisis coming ahead of them because they're using social media as their connector which feels great you can have many many thousands of connections but they're not the same as those real relationships that you make and they can't that can potentially be damaging if that's where you get your validation mm. and I think that's something I'm I'm thinking about a lot through my business. I have loads of people, particularly men, that say to me, oh, I don't need to meet new people. I've got plenty of friends. And, and they sort of back out of the room in case I'm going to make them sit down <laughs> next to a stranger. But actually, I think those conversations you have, spontaneous conversations you have with people over food can be really liberating and meeting people you don't know can be liberating. You can reinvent yourself to a degree. You can tell either the same stories that are boring everyone else you know, or you can tell new stories that you haven't tried out. And I, I think that's a really lovely thing to witness. So half of all mills in the UK are eaten alone. And I, I think that's problematic. I think sharing food is a way of checking on other people's health, mm -hmm. you know, if you, how they're approaching food, how they're eating, what they're thinking about, what they're talking about over food, their, their relationship with food is a really good uh, test of their, their own mental health, I mm -hmm. think. Um, so all of those things are, are, are sort of within the purpose of We Fi Fo. And you bring that idea of food through in yeah. the book. I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I think I was very, very fortunate. I grew up, uh, both my parents were, they were extremely busy. Uh, my mother was a nurse. My father was a, a doctor and a scientist. They were busy people mm -hmm. and worked very, very hard. And we always ate as a family whenever possible, certainly at the weekends. And I think those moments of bountiful food shared in a big, noisy, kind of clamouring for attention family were the moments where everyone checked each other. Mm. And it's certainly something I've tried to do with my own kids. I think it's a really important time of the week to come together and sit and chat over food. And if you haven't got a family, there are plenty of other people like you that would also like to come around <laughs> food. So I think that's that's sort of what I'm, I'm thinking about. Let's not have everyone sitting on their own. It's lovely to eat on your own sometimes. You, you can choose to, you can elect to but it needs to be a choice the vampire strikes back badass women's hour excel on talk radio mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Is the idea of family subjective? So in the book, you could argue that actually Mr. Douglas' family is Mrs. Millwood. Not yes. necessarily uh, his son. I would absolutely agree. I think that the, the the notion of family um, should be as as broad as you need it to be. You should certainly not feel limited mm. by a sort of very traditional, old fashioned sense of of what family is. I know, you know, I've certainly busted that in my own family. We're quite unconventional, but it really works. It is just it's family. They're the people that nourish you. They are. And, yeah. um, t- but also hold up a, an honest mirror to your face, which yeah. again comes through in in the book. The, 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 their conversations aren't platitudes; they are uh, honest. And it also seems like the book is almost busting the myth of that sort of rose-tinted glasses mm. view of you know if you have kids, they're always going to be around. <laughs> you know, and like you know, it's showing that you have to make an effort. You know, and you know your partner, your life partner, if they disappear suddenly, what do you have in your life? And mm. I do think society puts a lot of expectations on the partner in your life is the everything for your, yeah. you know, has to, all your emotional needs. That there's an assumption that you know when you have children that they're going to grow up and they're still going to be in your life and they're going to support you when you're older but I feel like there's a real responsibility we all have to have to nurture ourselves maintain those connections regardless of and it takes effort it does take effort on on every person's part I think that's absolutely right it is maybe a little bit myth busting but I think that again is important to me because as long as we all pretend everything's fine at home and that we're living the you know the perfect family life it just makes other people feel uncomfortable about themselves and less able to say you know yeah no it's not great for me all of the time and I think it's not great all the time and family's hard you know family can yeah. be we all know that be, after the Christmas period don't of we? Course. <laughs> um, but as you say it can be it is nourishing as well and I think you know what you want is is truthfulness in in family because we have to put up a front in all sorts of other walks of life and I think family should be and and whether that's your you know traditional family however you Mm. you view family those are the people that you can be honest with and not be judged there is another theme in the book which i loved which is almost about this second life period about actually at the point when everyone thinks you should be sitting quietly in front of the fire actually you can go and have a whole other life doing whole other things and i'm really aware that career as a writer is kind of your other life so you've been an entrepreneur you've run businesses how do you define yourself now? Are you a writer? Are you a business owner? I think um, I'm both. I have to make a distinction and I, I, I sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable talking about it. I think one thing that people say to me 
that really annoys me is how do you find the time to write a book? As if somehow if they had more time, they'd have written a book. But, uh, you know, when people tell me they've run a marathon, I don't say, wow, how do you find the time? I would definitely do that if I had the time because I wouldn't and I, and I couldn't. Those two parts of my life are quite separate. Running a business uh, is collaborative. You do rely on a team. You do rely on other people, whether it's, you know, your your customers or your suppliers or your, your the actual team uh, that you work with every day. It has to be a collaborative process. And the better you collaborate, I think, the better your business is going to be. It's very, very rarely one person sitting on their own with a good idea that, that will make it work. Writing is my the thing I do on my own. It's the time I, I step back from all of that and it's the place I retreat to to be very comfortable, I have to say, in my own head. There is also a distinction between being a writer and being an author because at some point you finish writing and hopefully you then become an author and then you have to start talking about your book and you, and it's no longer it's no longer yours it in part it definitely belongs to the reader and what they bring to the book but also you rely on a team again you're relying on your publisher your editor uh, people that are going to help connect with people like you that are going to help me talk about my book so it becomes collaborative again but there is a time in the middle of all of that where you it's just you and your head and your idea no one can help you with that bit what's your writing process like how do you do it I'm quite fortunate in that I am a very fast typist, always have been. So what I try and do is I try and walk every day. I try and walk early and I let my ideas come. And providing I've got the next piece that I'm going to write clear in my head, I can hold it there until I have a moment to sit down and write. Mm. And that might be in the train, it might be in the hairdresser, it it really can be anywhere because then I'm not... Um, I'm not really thinking about ideas. I'm just channeling the ideas I had earlier and getting them down as quickly as possible. I don't edit myself at that point because I'm really trying to capture everything I've thought about as fluently and as quickly as possible. And then when I have, when I have more time to edit, I will go back and read and then and then make more sense of it so that the words that appear on the page to you as a reader are, are as I want them to see. So that that's my process. It, it sort of works for me. And finally, next book. Is there something in the pipeline? I've delivered it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everyone at HQ is so efficient. That's so fun. All their authors are, like, on it. I, um, I've just delivered it, so I haven't had any feedback yet. It's a really nice moment for me. I'm, I'm you know, before I was a writer, I was a reader. I've been a reader all my life a very 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 and that's where I retreated as a child you know big noisy clamoring as I talked about it family I I always retreated to books so I've always been a reader but I cannot read when I'm writing Mm. so um, I'm now just entering a golden period (laughs) (laughs) where I'm about to catch up on all the books I haven't read for the last year or so because I've been writing book three so um, I'm it's a really nice place to be Um, is uh, any characters called Natalie (laughs) I always ask this one uh, is, uh, no, no. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe, next Maybe time. next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sini, thank you so much for coming and joining us on Badass Book Club. Uh, Mr. Doubler Begins Again is out now. 
we thoroughly enjoyed it and I think it's a beautiful book to read at this time of year going from winter into spring it is the book that defines that um thank you very much for joining thank us you we'll be so back much next month with another book and if you like that make sure you go to kobo.com where we will be giving away 50 audiobooks for free just use the code badass at checkout and then you can come talk to us about it find us on social media at badass women's hour hr or you can come and talk to us individually. We love that. You can find me at Harriet Minter, Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And we'll be here next month with another badass. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Book Club. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio.